Anybody ever had a really good gift? What's the best gift you've had? Cool. So her best gift is that she can sing as loud as she can sing and that her mom's a country singer and she can sing on stage. Anyone else tell me? You like screaming. That's your gift. Okay. Interesting. (laughs) Okay, come around here. Let me pray for you and we'll send you off. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. You what? What gift would you like? A clock, yes, of course. Of course. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I thank you for these children. I pray for all of us that we will have the heart of a children. Jesus said that we are to believe and have faith like a child. Father, I pray for your blessing upon each and every one that they would be warriors and soldiers in your kingdom. May they hear you today, Father. May you bless those who are working with them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Off you go then. Oh, 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 careful. (laughs) That was good. They've been practicing. All right, if you did, I don't have a wife at home at this point. I'm just starting the excuses now. So I get here 10 minutes before the service is going to start. I'm sweating and running. So I didn't get a chance to give the guys the handouts for the outlines for the service until about 10 minutes before we were here. So five, all right, five. If you didn't get one, raise your hand and they'll bring one over to you. So there's one there couple over here, one up here, two over there. Sorry about that. You need the exercise. All right, I got lots of wires around me. You know how this is going to go. If somebody is going to fall, I hate it when the doctor asks, have you fallen? It's like, yes, what I do. (laughs) It's not new. My parents took me to the doctors for that. There's nothing wrong with him. And I fell walking across his surgery. That's the way it is. Well, we are in a series called Being Me. And the premise of the series is is the idea that, that if we can be, strip away all of the stuff that gets in the way and really be the person that Jesus created us to be, that's the best person we can be. So it's about being me, you being you in Christ. And ultimately, to help others who don't know Jesus find joy and satisfaction in Christ also. Again, the series uh, three weeks ago now, I started off sharing a basic truth for all Christians. In order for me to be me, completely me, fully me, and for you to be you, you've got to be part of this. You've got to be part of His church. The Bible describes the church as the body of Christ, and we're all called to be part of the body of Christ. We are a gift to one another. So that was part one. You go online to our website or Facebook and and see those messages. Last week, I introduced part two called Be Spiritual. 
And we're going to piggyback on that this morning. We're going to continue on with this idea of being spiritual. We are created to be spiritual. So if you've got your Bibles there, please open it to Acts chapter 2. It's going to be up on the screen. And I'm not going to go into great detail on this because I actually read through this scripture on the introduction to this series. So I'm going to kind of summarize. So in Acts 2, 2. So Jesus has ascended into heaven. He's gone up into heaven. And right before he left, he gathered his apostles, his, his followers around him, and he said, you are going to receive power from my Father called the Holy Spirit. And then on the day of Pentecost, this takes place, and it's a big spectacle. There's a noise of a huge wind, like a hurricane. These, there are these flames coming down, and they land on the, on the apostles' heads, and everybody's looking, and it's causing a lot of confusion, causing a lot of um, conflict, too. Some people are saying, oh, they're drunk. And Peter says, no, no, no we're not drunk. And, and the amazing, the first miracle that we see is that the apostles are speaking, and Jerusalem is filled with people that have come in for the festival from all different countries, and everybody hears them in their language. I mean, that's kind of freaky, isn't it? So, you know, obviously this gets some attention. It's a miracle. So there's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of controversy. And, and one of the things that the Spirit does is it gives boldness. These apostles, especially Peter who just weeks earlier had denied even knowing Jesus, is now standing in the middle of Jerusalem in front of all the people that he denied. He was afraid of the the church. He was afraid of the Romans. And he's declaring Jesus Christ as Lord. And uh, if we pick it up in verse 36, it kind of summarizes all that goes before. He says, So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be both Lord and Messiah. Now, if you've got an outline there, and I don't think I did it, underline Lord and Messiah. I just want to talk about that for a second. You know, I hear people say, I'm saved by Jesus. But when you invite Jesus into your life, he is both Lord and And Messiah, Lord and Savior. Lord means you choose to put him in charge of your life. I no longer live for me. I no longer go my way. I go your way, Jesus. And the Messiah, the Savior part is he saves us from our sins. So in verse 37, it says, Peter's words pierced their hearts. And they said to him and the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? Part of the power of the Holy Spirit is that it brings about both conviction and a desire for transformative change. What should we do? We we need to do something about this. And then Peter replied, he said, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for forgiveness of your sins. Now, if you've got your outline there, I kind of, uh, I think kind of. I put this process on there. So Peter lays out a process. He tells them, well, Jesus was, he's of God. The one you executed is of God. What should we do? You should do this. Repent of your sins. That means that you change your mind. 
That's what repent means, to change your mind, to change your thinking. Turn to God. Well, if you turn, that's a behavior, right? You're doing something. That's a change of the heart. I'm not going this way anymore. I'm going that way. I'm going to change how I think. I'm going to change what I do. I'm going to think differently. I'm going to act differently. Be baptized in the name of Jesus. That means you change your purpose. To be baptized is to be immersed. I'm going to immerse myself in Jesus. I'm going to immerse myself in Jesus' plan for my life. I think differently. I act differently. I have a different reason for living. His way, his mission, his purpose. And then be forgiven, which is to change your destiny. Your destiny now is to be with Jesus. When you pass on from this world, you get to be with the Lord. You get to be with Jesus. You're not separated from him any longer. So as a result of this change of heart, change of mind, choice to follow Jesus, new eternity, you will, Peter says, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Everyone who sincerely responds to Jesus' call and follows those steps outlined by Peter receives the Holy Spirit. Everyone. There's not a special, separate baptism of the Spirit. If you do these things, you are given the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it doesn't matter what your gender may be, your race, your background, your age. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past, what you didn't do in the past. None of that stuff matters. You all become one in Jesus Christ. One spirit, one Lord. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. If you do this, you are saved from an eternity in hell and you get the gift of the Holy Spirit. In other words, your life is changed now and forever. It's a wonderful thing. Now to bring this home, I've got a passage of scripture in Luke that I want to go through, and it's what I call another one of these left field teachings by Jesus. I love these things. We looked at one last week where Jesus is in a conversation. Last week it was Nicodemus. You know, he comes to Jesus at night and he says, you know, we believe that you're from God because of the signs and wonders. And Jesus says, you've got to be born again. I say, what? He, he does this in this passage of Scripture. Now, you're, you're probably all familiar with this. It's in Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 13. Once Jesus was in a certain place praying. As he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. So, you know, I get this scene where Jesus has kind of gone out of the way a little bit, gone to a quiet spot to pray. They're watching him pray. They've seen the activity, the power of Jesus as they've been with him, and they're watching him pray, and, and there's a clue phone goes on. There's something to do with this prayer and how he lives. It's linked. So Jesus, can you teach us how to pray? Jesus said, this is how you should pray. So he gives them a model for prayer. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. 
Give us each day the food we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation. Then teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight, wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit, and I've got nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me, the door is locked for the night, and my family and I are all in bed, I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he'll shoot you. No, it's not Texas. (laughs) If you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. It's, It's a weird image. And so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. And this is kind of where we go into the left field thing. You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? If they ask for an egg, To give them a scorpion? Of course not. It's kind of like, that'd be stupid, right? So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? It's like, I wasn't asking for the Holy Spirit. That wasn't in the prayer. And, And suddenly Jesus tags this bit on the end, and it's very easy to miss the key point in this teaching and in this parable. It's about the Holy Spirit. The whole teaching is about the Holy Spirit. Jesus is praying in a certain place. Disciples come to him. Hey, Jesus, what's going on? Can you teach us to pray? Why? They've seen the results of it all. It's like, yeah, we, we, we want that. Ask, seek, knock. Let me tell you about the guy and the bread. You know, just be persistent. And then, boom. You fathers know how to give good gifts, right? So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? He is teaching about the Holy Spirit. That's what this whole passage of Scripture is about. Your Father in heaven Your Father in heaven, who you pray to, who knows you, who loves you, knows what you need. And he has a gift for you. Beyond anything you can imagine, the Holy Spirit. We pray for peace. And God says, "Mm, nah, I'll give you the peacemaker. We pray for courage. He says, I got something better for you. I got the encourager. I'll give you the encourager. We pray for hope. He says, I got something bigger and better for you. I got the hope bringer. We pray for comfort. He says, no, I'll give you the comforter. You see, we pray out of our need, but he has something better. We pray out of our need. We pray out of our wants. He says, here's what you need. You need me. 
You need me above all of this other stuff that you might be praying for. The number one need in your life is me, and I'm going to give you me. I don't simply want to meet your needs and fill your needs. I want to fill you. I want to give you me. Ask, seek, knock. And I, and I kind of get this sense of like, how much do you want it? Now, here's the weird thing. From the previous passage of Scripture we just read in Acts, we already have it, right? Check those boxes that Peter taught on, and you will receive the Holy Spirit. It's for you. It's for those far away. It's for your children. It's for all those who have been called by Jesus. You have it. So why do we need to ask for it if we already have it? It's like, this is part of the mysteries of God. You know, it goes back to that passage that we looked at last week with Nicodemus. And, and Jesus says to him, the wind blows wherever it wants. Just as you can hear the wind but can't tell where it comes from or where it's going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. There's a mystery that surrounds the Spirit. So with that said, I want to dig into this a little bit, see if we can make some sense out of it. If I have it, why do I need to ask for it? And I, and I love that the subject matter of this parable is bread. It's food. It's sustenance. It's what feeds our body. So here's, here's how I see it. All right? This is my explanation. I've got food in the pantry in my house. But the food in the pantry is absolutely useless to me unless I eat it, unless I consume it. And if I consume it, it gives me sustenance. It gives me energy. It gives me the ability to get out of bed and go to work and do whatever I need to do. If I choose not to consume the food in the pantry, which I have and I own, if I choose not to eat it, it's useless to me. How sad would it be to live in malnutrition when there's food in the fridge and food in the pantry? Or to die of starvation when there's food in the fridge and food in the pantry. And how much sadder would it be to know that there is an eternal, all-powerful source providing that food and it will never run out. This is how it is with the Holy Spirit. When you go through the steps outlined by Peter, repent of your sins, change your mind. Turn to God, change your heart, be baptized, change, your, change your, your purpose, accept forgiveness, change your destiny, aka if you choose to be a follower of Jesus, then you're given a pantry filled with delicacies provided by God. It's there for you. It's never going to run out. And he's like, have at it. Eat to your fill. Unless... You use that food, they remain dormant in the pantry. There's always going to be food in your spiritual pantry. And the more you consume, the more he provides. Now, what is this food that's in this spiritual pantry? I don't know if that's a good illustration, but I was hungry when I was writing this. 
love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. That's the fruit of the Spirit. It calls it fruit, right? It's in the pantry, along with all kinds of other things. The Bible says that the, the Holy Spirit gives you wisdom. It gives you understanding. It gives you boldness. It gives you humility. There are all kinds of things sitting down there in the pantry for us. And it's all available to all of Christ's people in abundance. It's in your pantry. And the Lord says, have at it. It's yours. Go and feast on it. You have it in abundance, which raises another question for me. If we all have this spiritual pantry filled with all of these wonderful things that come from God through the Holy Spirit, why don't we always experience all of these things in abundance all the time in our lives? Why do we live in meekness, confusion, fear, doubt, and sin when we have a pantry filled with all of this stuff? Because, here's the problem for us, before you get to the spiritual pantry, it's over here, there's another pantry. Your pantry. Filled with your stuff that you stocked on the shelves. Junk food. And there's the spiritual pantry filled with all the good things. And as you walk by, you see something, ooh, I used to enjoy that. And you start filling up on this stuff until you're bloated on all of the stuff that you've got in your pantry and you never get to his pantry. You never get to the things that are going to bring real joy and real hope and real purpose to your life because you get bloated out on all of the stuff that you used to feed on. More often than not, I think the problem for us, not living in the full power of the Holy Spirit, it's what gets in the way. What's stopping it? You have it, but what's stopping it? What are those things that we do to block the Spirit's power? Where do we go mentally? that the Spirit says, I don't want to go there? Where do we go emotionally that the Spirit says, I don't want to go there? Where do we go physically where the Spirit says, I don't want to go there? And it's not that the Spirit isn't with you, but when we live that way, the Spirit is not active in us. That's what we're talking about here. And there's a great passage of Scripture. Anytime you talk about this stuff, you've got to go to Galatians 5. That's where that list comes from. So I'm going to read through it real quick. This is Paul writing now. So we've had Peter, Luke, and Paul. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite to what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other so that you are not free to carry out your good intentions. This is the reality of the Christian life. You know, I really wish, and I would love it, 
that the minute you accept Jesus Christ into your life, Lord, Savior, all of that other stuff goes out the back door, and man, I'm saved. I'm all living fully, 100% for Jesus. But it tells me I am going to be in a battle from that moment on, the battle between my flesh that wants to live the old way and my spirit that wants to live the new way. And that battle doesn't end this side of eternity. That's the bad news. But that's the reality. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you're not under the obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear, and I love this list. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild party, parties, and other sins. It's kind of like if I missed some. And other sins like these. That's a description of our society. I mean... That's it right there, right? You turn on the TV any time and that's what it's about. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, Paul is not saying that we inherit the kingdom of God through good works. What he is saying is that if you've gone through that checklist that Peter laid out there, if if you've asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart as Lord and Savior, you've changed your mind, you, 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 you seek to behave different, you are going to be driven by the power of the Holy Spirit and you won't live this lifestyle. Now that doesn't mean every time you walk past that other pantry that you don't reach in there from time to time but as the spirit takes control of us hopefully what happens is we reach in there and at first it tastes good but after a little while you reach in there and you go who still eat it but it's like oh man that really is not that good what's what's in this pantry oh that tastes good you develop a taste for what you feed on that's just the reality i mean i've lived in three different countries i'm always amazed how everybody in each of those countries likes the same things and dislikes the same things, pretty much in general. I mean, people in England love Brussels sprouts. See, it's a joke for you. (laughs) There's a mentality, you know. I come down here, people eat, what are those called, runner beans? Green beans. It's like, seriously? (laughs) But it's the thing, right? You come to Texas, everybody likes green beans. You learn to like the stuff that you feed on. So we were learning to to like the stuff in this first pantry for the longest time. I want to feed on that. Gosh, makes me feel good. The problem is it doesn't satisfy. You just get fat and bloated. And you're not satisfied. And the reason you get fat and bloated is because it doesn't satisfy. So you've got to keep going back to it. That's the habit. That's the battle that we've got to fight. If you can walk past it and say, I I want to be driven by the power of the Holy Spirit. I want this food. This food will bring satisfaction. But you've got to walk past the other one. And that's the difficult part. Let me finish up here. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. 
Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Notice he says this kind of fruit. This is not an exhaustive list. There's all kinds of other goodies too. There's no law against these things. There's an intentionality about this walk with Jesus. It requires us to keep on keeping on. It requires us to keep on battling when we're walking past that first pantry to get to the second pantry when there's a little part of us that just says, no, just hang out here for a little bit. And and how often do we do this? Do you do this? I do this. I'm not going to eat out of the pantry. I'm just going to stand beside it. I don't want that. I don't want that. But that sure looks good. But I don't want that. I'll just hang out here for a while. Oh, you know, if I had a little bit, it's not going to hurt, is it? (laughs) Weakness. There's an intentionality. That's why Jesus said, and so I tell you, keep on asking. He doesn't say ask. He says, keep on asking, and you will receive. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open. Keep on, keep on, keep on. It doesn't end. You've got to keep doing it. I'm going to seek. I'm going to ask. I'm going to knock, and I'm going to keep on doing it. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Now, there's a question that we need to consider, that we need to ask, that's at the core of all this being spiritual stuff. And the question is why? You always got to ask the question why. So before he ascended into heaven, Jesus gathers his followers around him. He says to them, wait in Jerusalem. Don't do anything. Wait in Jerusalem. And then he tells them about the Holy Spirit. My father is going to send you an incredible power. It's called the Holy Spirit. Why? So that you will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. You will be. There's no ambiguity. You will be my witnesses to the end of the earth. We talked about this briefly last week. You will be filled with the Holy Spirit so that you will have the power and the heart to be my witnesses. Our pantry is filled with the fruit of the Spirit so that we will bear witness to the power of Jesus Christ to change lives. When people see us filled up with love, joy, peace, all of that fruit, it's going to raise a question. Wow. How do you get to be like that? Jesus. Jesus. You changed me. I didn't used to be like this. I was just like you. No, you can't say that. (laughs) Jesus. He wants us to be a bold witness for us, each and every one of us. And he has given us the power to do it. And all we have to do is access that power. Ask, seek, knock. So I've got one final note for you and then a challenge, okay? Here's the note. In that passage that we read from Luke 11, sandwiched in between Jesus 
teaching on prayer, pray in this manner. And the last bit, the ask, seek, knock, and the Holy Spirit bit, sandwiched in between, is this parable about a man being in need of something. Now, let me see if you're tracking with me. What was he in need of? Bread. He was in need of bread. Who was the bread for? His friend. The bread wasn't for him. The bread was for his friend who was in need. His guests. He was asking. He was seeking. He was knocking on behalf of somebody else's good. And one of the things that the Holy Spirit does, we saw it in that passage in Galatians, is it changes our desires. The Spirit gives us desires that are opposite to what the sinful nature desires. Instead of succumbing to fear, sin, and selfishness, we become bold, selfless, and spirit-led. And the more we go to the spiritual pantry, the more we will crave the food of that pantry. And the more we will see these things active in our lives, we become less selfish. We begin to live for the greater good of others. And suddenly we want to see people who are far from Jesus connected to Jesus. We want to see people saved. All people, even people we don't like. Even people that vote differently than us. Even people that we don't agree with. We want to see them all saved. We want to see them come to Jesus. Okay, now I'm going to make it hard. How hard does our heart have to be to live next door to someone who's far from Jesus and never even attempt to connect them to Jesus? Or work with? Or simply know people who don't know Jesus and not even try To help them connect to Jesus. How hard does our heart have to be to be that person? Now, I'm not saying this to make anybody feel guilty. But conviction is a good thing. Conviction is a good thing. The Holy Spirit convicts. And let me tell you something. I'm talking to me here. This is not, these fingers are all pointing back at me. You know, it's, it's, Lord, would you soften my heart and strengthen my will that I would care enough not to let fear or apathy or busyness or any other distraction get in the way of that which is so important to you, the salvation of those around me. God, I need you to soften my heart. And strengthen my will. i got to walk past that pantry and get to that pantry because I care about the people who live around me. Who do not know Jesus. So here's my challenge for you. Be persistent. Be bold. And be sincere. The bread wasn't for him. It was for his friend. He was asking knocking, seeking on behalf of someone else's good. I challenge you over the summer to be in prayer, to be intentional about inviting someone to church. You don't have to be the world's greatest evangelist. Most people would be scared to death to share their story or or 
share Jesus with someone. But you can invite someone to church. I'll share a story. Someone here will share a, short, share a story. Thank you. Pray. Be intentional about this. God, I want to reach out to people that don't know you. Show me who. Soften my heart that this becomes a burden for me. And then when we have a thing like the fall festival that's easy to invite someone to, you've already begun those conversations. You've already sat down and had coffee with them. You've, you've had dinner with them or lunch with them. So the ice is kind of broken. They know where you stand. You don't have to go in there and bash them over the head with the Bible. Just bring it up. You know, oh yeah, I was at church on Sunday. That's all you got to say in a conversation. Oh, you, you go to church? Oh, yeah, yeah, I go to church called Lakeway. And God will open up the doors. If that door is closed, okay, don't pursue that one. Somebody else is going to pursue that one. Who else do you have for me, God? Who's that person that you're going to put in my life and open up and provide opportunities that I could say, hey, we're doing this neat thing at church. Why don't you come? Ask, seek, knock. And when you look at that list of spiritual fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control, where are you lacking? Where are you lacking? Ask, seek, knock. God, I need a more loving heart. Would you give me a more loving heart? God, I need a more loving heart. I mean, that's, that's what he's talking about here. Don't give up. Be persistent. God, you know, faithfulness is so difficult for me. I want to be faithful. I, I, I struggle with faithfulness. Will you give me faithfulness, God? God, would you give me faithfulness, God? Be passionate about your prayers. Ask, seek, and knock that the Lord would use you. We need spirit-filled Christians more than ever, don't we? You know, I loved, we, we had men's breakfast yesterday, and Brandon shared the message. I loved what he shared with us. And he, he gave the example, I can't remember the exact example now, but it was something on YouTube, I think, or where, you know, where people make comments. And they were commenting on people who identify differently gender-wise than we do. And that's a big issue in the church. But it was the hateful comments underneath it coming from Christians. And I don't remember exactly, but person A said, they're all going to hell. And person B said, really, that doesn't help our witness. It doesn't help us minister to these people. And person A said, I don't want to witness to them. And I, and I love, I asked the question, and I love Brandon's response. I said, you know, in a world filled with that kind of hate, and we all get painted with the same brush, how do you combat that? And I love what he said. He said, you've got to love louder. I just took that home. It just resonated me with me. You've got to love louder. How do we love louder? How do we love louder? 
How do we love louder, Father? Show me how to love louder. And then John, I think he's over with the kids. He said something that that just stuck with me again. He said, kindness is love in work clothes. So I like that. If you don't come to the men's breakfast, you need to come to the men's breakfast. It's, it's good. Kindness is love in work, work clothes. So let me finish up. Ask God to use you to help bring his light and his love into someone's life this summer. So there's an intentionality about it. We want to see people come to Jesus. I do. We want to see people growing in the Lord. I do. We need to be a bold witness for Christ in love. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, each and every one of us can do this. All of us. In his power. As a personal response, I put a little prayer on the outline. I want you to look it over for a second. And if that's your prayer, I'm going to pray this prayer, and you can just pray it along with me, pray quietly, pray however you wish. But just look at it for a second, and if, if, if the Spirit is working in you, and you say, yes, yes, this, and then we'll just pray it together. Let's, let's bow our heads and pray. Lord, I want more of you in my life. I need you in my life. I need your spirit active in my life. More than anything else, this is what I desire and need, Lord. I want to be a bold witness for you. Amen. Amen. And then I've put a space there. Write down the name of someone you would like to see come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. It could be a neighbor. It could be a friend. It could be a child. Just write it down there. This is for you. You're not handing it in. Just for you to be in prayer and be conscious of that person. And you know, when you pray a prayer like that, you know what God says? Okay. How about it? Pantry door is open. Go feast. Amen. Okay, Mr. Mo Kinsey is going to come up and finish us, and then we're going to have a town hall meeting. Um, this is a meeting. It, we don't have anything specific. You know, oh, we've got to meet about this. We're going to vote on this. Two, three times a year, we like to have a town hall meeting. Just let everybody know what's going on, where we're at. We invite you to come, and, you know, if you've got things you want to talk about, that's your opportunity. So we're going to do that following this service. So I'll turn it over to Mo here. Thank you, Pastor Mike. Will the guys come forward uh, that are going to help with the offering? Uh, you know, think about this. You know, I'm waiting for somebody to say, Penny. But eventually he answers, right? But you know what? How many times have we twice and just give up if we'd asked one more time is it worth someone knowing about Jesus is it worth helping somebody in need let's go that extra mile just like Jesus taught them hey Lord how many miles should I carry it seven miles 
no. You know, they thought that was, wow, that's a bunch. You need to do it lots more than that. Okay, right now is the time that we're going to put all those, uh, I don't have my props, but the cards, you want to put them in there as they pass. The visitor cards, please put those in. And the offering that you've talked to the Lord about and he, you feel led to give today, do it with a joyful heart, knowing that these monies will be used for God's kingdom. Why don't we go ahead and pray about that? Huh? Yeah, and prayer cards. Don't forget those. That's real important. So I'm going to bless this, and then we're going to take up the offering, and I'll say the rest of the announcements at that. Let's pray. Lord, we give you thanks for such a wonderful day, for allowing us to be in this building, to allowing us to hear your word freely in a country that doesn't shut us down. Lord, we just pray that you keep your hand upon this country. Heal it and let us turn to you. Please accept this offering as a small token of the blessings you pour on us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, there's a few announcements. I, he's already mentioned, you know, he, he does half my job for me. And Okay, but uh, we're going to have a town hall meeting. That's what he said right after the service. But also there's a few announcements. The ladies' second quarter birthday celebration is coming up on June 25th. If you're in this quarter, then they're going to celebrate your birthday over here in the fellowship hall. Uh, man, summer camp coming for the kids during the 4th of July, July 3 through 7. That's a great thing. They're going to be talking about Matthew 28, 16 through 20. Uh Another one, VBS. They need help doing VBS. They need all the supplies. I'm sure there's a place on here somewhere that you can look and, uh, oh, we need, you know, construction paper, or we need little scissors, and we need this or that. Please look at that and donate when you can. When you go to the store, just grab a couple extra things. Every store now has school supply type stuff, and you can get what they need. Let's do that. Um, and then there's the Lakeway Woman's Ministry Retreat that's coming up in Cleburne with speaker Lori Staples. Okay, you need to see Pam Chesney for more information. It's $157, but let me tell you, these things like the men's retreat and the women's retreat are unbelievable. When you go and you listen, God will talk to you because... Let's go that extra knock, okay? Let's all stand, and I'm going to close this in a word of prayer. And those that can, please stay for the meeting. It's not going to be super long. We'll only keep you four or five hours. No, I'm just kidding. It won't be that long. So please stay, but let's go. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord shine his face upon you and give you peace. And all of God's people said, amen. You are dismissed.
so kind.